0: Welcome to the Wealth Equation Podcast with me, Wealth Ninja, Kristen Launch. If you want to be wealthy but money feels like physics and the thought of making a budget makes you want to die, stick around. Here we break it all down super simply. We demystify wealth so you run your money instead of your money running you. We're here to ditch the hustle, earn more, hold more, and grow more simply. We're coming in hot with practical teachings, deep mindset shifts, and the perfect amount of woo-woo so that you become the kind of woman who creates wealth with ease. Money is a dance party if you let it be. You were born for wealth, and by pressing play, your up-level begins. Hello, beautiful women. Welcome back. I have here with you a very special woman. Angelica Ventrice is a seven-figure high-performance health and business mentor, creator of the Fit for Life program, and a dog mama living in heavenly Maui, Hawaii. Angelica helps driven female entrepreneurs, executives, and ambitious women who desire to uplevel their health and wealth. She has been featured in Entrepreneur, Authority Magazine, and My Fitness Pal. And she is obsessed with guiding driven women to shift their mindset and bank accounts while shedding those unwanted pounds along the way without ridiculous fad diets or crazy restrictions. To this day, she has helped over 700 women to transform their bodies and minds while finding true alignment in their personal and professional lives. Welcome to the pod, Angelica. It's so good to have you here.
1: Thank you. So excited to have this conversation.
0: I love it. Well, I'm curious if you can just give a bit of background for everybody listening, what was your journey or has your journey with money or wealth been like along the way?
1: Sure. So grew up in Long Island, New York. My dad was a cop. My mom was a nurse. I so just, you know, like very blue collar. And I remember when I was growing up, you know, my dad was always like, "Gel, My parents come to Gel. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. You got to work hard. You got to work hard. So I feel I was really kind of grew up. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, like the hustle right? Like the hustle culture, like push, push, push. You got to work hard. You got to work hard, but there's nothing wrong with working hard. Right. So that was kind of ingrained in me. And then I went to college and I always, I, I worked in high school. I worked in college and I, I, I don't think I thought about my relationship at that point, but then as I got older and then once you become an entrepreneur, I think you really start to think about your relationship with money. And I realized that when I started to make money, I felt like I would get very attached to it. You know, because I, I think my parents kind of instilled in me, like, it, it's easy to lose. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing. Right. So then I had a lot of things to work through around that perspective. And um, I do believe you have to work hard. But I also believe that if you follow your your passion, you'll you'll do really well and the money will come to you. My parents were very much like, you need to pick a career that makes you good money, not something you really want to do. And I completely disagree with that. You know, I really feel I ended up switching my career from pharmaceutical medical sales to, uh, you know, running my own health coaching business because I followed my passion, you know, sure, pharmaceutical medical sales made good money and it was an easy job, but I just wasn't fulfilled. And I really believe if you follow your passion and you're really aligned with what you're doing, the money will come rather than the reverse of what they thought. No, do something you hate just to make money and have security. I'm more of a risk taker. I believe, like I said, if you just like are truly aligned, you know, you can, you can make money at any time with anything you want to do if you're aligned and passionate about it. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of where I'm at. That make sense?
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And how did you develop that confidence? You know, the, the confidence and the idea that if you just follow your passion or follow, you know, follow what you really desire to be doing, that the money will come.
1: So I lost 40 pounds like 13 years ago. And that was the first thing that kind of gave me the confidence to follow my desires. Had I not lost the weight, I don't think I would have found what one of my true callings is, right? Because I was just, you know, living the life in Long Island, very cushy, like it was great. And then I went through this whole transformation journey. And, you know, when you lose weight, you don't just lose the physical weight, you release emotional layers as well, right? So it was all these, these stories and limiting beliefs about myself, just kind of releasing like, oh, you'll never be able to do this. You'll never look this way. And I was just like, you know what? Like, no, I'm done with medical sales. I felt really called to help other people achieve happiness in their health, in their bodies, right? So I left New York, moved to California. Where that confidence came from, honestly, I have no idea. (laughs) It just like hit me. Like, it was like this gut. It's like this intuitive gut feeling that I get to just go and do something. And I followed that basically my entire life. So left New York, moved to California, followed that gut intuitive hit. Left Cali, moved to Maui, followed the gut intuitive hit followed the other gut intuitive hit to move my in-person nutrition and health coaching business online. So I could reach more, more people. So I don't know if it's as much confidence as it is just following like a deep intuitive knowing within myself, just like listening to that inner voice. I think sometimes we, we deny it, but as I've grown and grown and grown, I'm like, when I feel this in me, like literally like a gut punch, I follow it.
0: Mm, So fun. You had mentioned before, you know, what it took to, to build that, you know, your business to the level that you have has taken a lot of mindset and inner work. Can you speak to what that has looked like for you? What specifically have you done on that, the mindset and the inner work that's really led to that transformation for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, first things first is I always have a coach because I believe we don't know it all and we can be our own worst enemies, right? I can just like our clients can get in their heads. I can get in my head too. I can, I can go from being completely abundant one second to then dropping in completely to lack. And it's something I'm working on, but having a coach to talk it out with has really helped me. So I've always had, whether it's an energy coach, life coach, mindset coach, I'm always working with someone on that. And then I do my own inner work through, I really love meditation. So when I moved my business online, one of my first coaches really talked a lot about meditation. I was so opposed to it because I can't sit still. Like, well, now I can, but I couldn't at the time. I'm from New York. I'm very type A, like, I'm like meditation. I can't even get through a yoga class. Like I can't meditate. So I just started with like five minutes and 10 minutes and just really feeling into more gratitude. I know it sounds so cliche, but just really having more gratitude for the life I live, for the clients I have, for, for the, for the business I have, for the ability that I'm able to help so many people and live anywhere in the world, just focusing more on that. And really also recognizing that abundance is not an external thing. It's really an internal thing. And a book that really helped me with, with that was Gabby Bernstein's Super Attractor, I've probably read that book 20 times. Also just reading various books helps me. A happy pocket full of money is another good one. I love listening to a a Bob Proctor meditation on abundance. Things like that have really helped me. And when when I can feel myself getting anxious or dropping into lack, I do gratitude. I turn to my meditations. I turn to those books. And those are some of the practices that have really helped me. I also spend a lot of time in nature grounding. So when I'm feeling myself get into, like out of an abundant state, I just I ground I meditate and, and practice that way. It's not easy, you know. Mindset is a muscle, just like any other muscle. And what I tell my clients is, like, just like we work your butt and your biceps, we don't just work on it once, right? We work on it day after day, week after week, and it's the same thing with your mindset. You don't just meditate once or do an abundance meditation. You're like, okay, I'm good, I'm abundant. That's not how it's not how it works. It's an ongoing, lifelong practice, in my opinion.
0: And mm, That's such a good point. And I think, you know, when it comes to how you treat your body and and how you treat your health and food and how you treat your money. There's, there's mindset that I think really feeds into both of those things. I can imagine you probably experienced that with your clients on, you know, their, that their beliefs shape what they're able to do with their, their weight and their bodies. Can you speak to maybe that mindset piece around yeah. weight loss yeah. and maybe how you were able to lose the 35 pounds in your, in the,
1: yeah. um, So the mindset, I love that you just asked that because one of the things I talk about in my program and when I teach masterclasses is the metaphysical aspect of weight loss. A lot of people practice law of attraction with money or houses like, oh, I want to attract this much money. I want to attract a new boat. I want to attract a new house, right? I want to attract a new partner, but then they don't do it with their bodies. Why not? If we can do it for other things in our life, why can't we use the law of attraction to for our bodies, right? So one of the things I teach in my program is that your thoughts on a daily basis, the way you talk to yourself, the thoughts you think really affect your body transformation process. If you're constantly thinking that you'll never lose a weight, your big bone, your autoimmune disorder, stopping you, your age is stopping you. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're not a morning person. The workout's too hard, right? Like all these low vibrational thoughts. You're literally telling the universe you're signaling to your body and to the universe that you're not an energetic match to have the body transformation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things we work on. Yes, of course, there's the physical things you need to do, like do the meal prep, eat anti-inflammatory foods, get your steps in. But then there's also a whole mental, emotional, metaphysical side to body transformation that a lot of people forget. And it even took me a long time to to realize that as well. Yes, I lost the, the 40 pounds, but then I was still kind of an unhappy person. And that's where I became more obsessed with mindset. So your mindset around how you're approaching your weight loss journey is is essential. Your mindset about your relationship with your body and the scale. Are you someone who looks at the scale and obsesses over it and is, is really negative about it? Then that scale is not gonna move. But if you can let it go and decrease that resistance, right, the, the universe is gonna match that. Just like if, if, you know, with manifestation, right? If you're trying to manifest more money, if you become obsessed and too attached to it, that attachy attachment, needy energy is actually repelling. And it's, a, and I believe it's the same thing with your body transformation. And I, when I first teach it to my clients, I swear, they look at me like I'm crazy, but then I'm like, okay, well, let's throw out the scale and not weigh yourself and let's release this energy. And then two weeks later, like, oh my God, I lost weight. How is that possible? <laughs> so mm. I think it can be translated to anything, you know?
0: So good. And how, you know, I love the example you've used around the like obsessing with the scale. I think mm-hmm. people can become obsessed with the scale in the same way they they think about their, you know, their bank accounts a lot, right? It's totally. like how how much totally. is there? How do you what would some things you would suggest that people do around it, like if that obsessive those obsessive thoughts or like those constant okay. repetitive thoughts are coming in, like how do people begin shifting out of those?
1: Yeah. So I mean, as far as with money, I can say I used to have really obsessive thoughts around like hitting benchmarks. So what I really had to do, and this is, it takes a lot of work is to say, like, it's okay to set goals. Just like, it's okay to set a weight loss goal. It's okay to set a business goal. You really need to have that level of awareness within yourself and check in, like check your energy. It's almost like you have to have a little conversation with myself is putting this goal here, making me feel good, or is it putting so much pressure on me that I'm becoming needy and attached. If putting this goal up on your whiteboard, your vision board, your journal, whatever is making you feel a certain type of way in your body in your sacral in your system, right? It's not going to bode well. So if that doesn't feel good in your system, then what I recommend is, is not writing a goal like that, is, is shifting it, right? Maybe your goal is, okay, let's just let's use business for an example, right? Rather than saying, oh my God, I really want to hit $83,000 this month because that's what it's gonna take every month to, to have hit a, hit a million, right? Can you just focus on how many more women can I serve this month? that are aligned, amazing new clients, right? It's, yes, you're still having a goal, but maybe you say, I would love to help 15 women this month. And you focus on that rather than just focusing on that number in the bank account. Because if that number in the bank account is making you feel needy and lack and attached, you're actually repelling clients from coming to you. Same thing with the scale. So it's a lot of practice in whatever whether you're writing it or vision board or however you do your goal setting, for example, and sitting with it and kind of closing your eyes and saying, how does this make me feel? Like tuning into that feeling. Because if you're getting a feeling in your body that makes you feel tight and makes you contract, that means you're out of alignment and practicing that way. Mm, So
0: true. Yeah. I do run into people that will sometimes say, you know, setting goals doesn't feel good or, or it's not, I just, setting goals aren't for me. And I think exactly what you've just described around it's, what do you make the goal mean, right? Like when you mm-hmm. say the number 83, does it put you into a state of contraction or expansion? Exactly. Are you telling yourself that because you're not there yet, it, you're not good enough? Or if you don't hit exactly. 83 this month, you're not going to get there, right? What it's are the like
1: stories? Yeah, exactly. What are the stories you're telling yourself too? I mean, that's another thing to journal. on. What are the stories I'm telling myself around this? What am I making this mean? What if, I used to think that if I didn't hit certain numbers in my business, I wasn't a good enough entrepreneur. I wasn't a good enough coach. And I really had to detach from that. Another thing is for people, if you don't, if you're getting too attached to the goals, think about maybe setting intentions. What are my intentions for this month in my business? What are my intentions for this month in my health? Is it just to drink more water? Is it just to move a little more rather than maybe, okay, I need to hit this PR in the gym or I need to run this fast. Like, well, what are my intentions, right? Sometimes shifting the word and how we label it can help us as well.
0: And the idea that you've just proposed there too, around, you know, if this specific number this month is putting you into a state of contraction, you, you can still have the goal of, you know, the impact of the women or the, the people you want to work with without being too attached to the number. Right. I think that's, that's really powerful. And I'm curious, one thing I hear a lot from people is they think that maybe this is just in the coaching space, but they think if they're not a business coach, that they can't make money. And I love, you know, your background and experience. Obviously you started supporting people in the health space before you ever moved into business coaching. And so for those people who, you know, would love to see and hear about, you know, behind the scenes of your business model and and yeah. how that has worked and how you've grown that, can you share some, some details about that and take us back Yeah, we'd that.
1: love to. And and just to be clear with your audience, I've made, I mean, if we look back at my history in the last five years of being online, like over ninety percent of my business has strictly come from Fit for Life, my online health transformation program. I've only taken a few sporadic business coaching clients because as you and I discussed beforehand. I really am I really like to protect my energy. I travel a lot. So I don't feel called to take on too many business clients at once. So like right now I have five and that's my max. But in a few months from now, I might say I'll have none. So I would say that the majority of my revenue has come from Fit for Life, which is an online nutrition, fitness, good health mindset program. Basically it started with just me, right? So it was just me coaching and I think I got up to like 40 women. And then I was like, okay, I think I need to hire a coach. Um, so then I hired my first coach. Um, and then of course things start shifting and it's Now we do a little bit of one-on-one calls, but a lot of group coaching calls and then everything is automated. Obviously, as you grow in your business, you start to automate more, you learn how to scale. But so now it's to a point where I only run one mindset call a week for Fit for Life and my coaches do all the coaching. So it is possible as an online health, fitness, nutrition coach to make plenty of money. I'm sure that the prices are a little bit different. I think people see here, business coaches, and you know, some business coaches charge freaking 15, 20K a month and people think, oh, that's the... That's the best way to make money. No, the best way to make money is doing what you love doing. Mm, so if you love good. nutrition, coach in nutrition, hire me, I'll help you out, right? Like <laughs> if you love fitness and you just want to help people with movement, then do that, right? Don't feel like you need to fit into some type of other box because that's what you've heard or seen. And remember not to criticize a lot of business coaches, but I'm sure you've seen this. A lot of them, I think may embellish like, oh, I made this much money in my business and I made this much It's like, well, did you collect that? Or was that just projected? And it can be confusing to people, right? Like I could say, oh, I I projected over 150K every month, but that's not actually what I collected. And people can get very confused and they confuse the audience and people think, oh, this is the way to go. I have to do this. It's not actually true.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think honestly, I mean, this just isn't just in the business coaching space, but I think a lot of coaches that appear successful aren't actually as successful as they appear on, you know, on Instagram. And so you got
1: to do your research. Yeah. You got to do your research. You got to read those testimonials. You got to talk to the coaches, you know, like we have when people, when we interview clients who want to come into our fit for life program, we have a two-step interview process. I'm interviewing the client and I expect them to interview and do their research on me. And if I get on the phone with someone and they tell me they haven't done the research on me, I will actually defer the call. I'm like, no, you need to stalk me. Like you need to do your research. I want someone to fully know and be aware of like what, I have to offer what we have to offer, you know?
0: Mm, So good. What are some other, that sounds like, you know, as part of your sales process Mm -hmm. an unusual thing that people wouldn't expect, are there some other maybe unexpected things that you've built into your business and your model that that you can share with people?
1: Yeah. So I don't believe in anyone just like going to my website and buying a program, unless it's just, I do have like one mindset course that you can purchase, but in order to get into any level of our program, you either talk to me or someone on my team. And the reason is, is because I work in energetic alignment. I don't want to bring anyone into my aura atmosphere program that isn't an energetic, that isn't aligned, right? Like it has to be a good fit for both of us. I don't think that all coaches do that, but that is something that we implement. And then we also still do offer one-on-one calls. I think a lot of people have shifted to totally group, but I still believe in offering people some one-on-one support. I know for me personally, I work one-on-one with a coach. Yes. I like my mastermind group, but I also still like my one-on-one time. So I think to each his own, but I I know a lot of health coaching programs are just like strictly group. And while I think that's great. And I think it's beneficial to learn in a group. I also believe that people come up against very personal, personal things. And I do think that there's a time and place for one-on-one coaching.
0: Mm, So good. And so how much do you charge for your program?
1: Uh, The highest level program is 6,700 paid in full for six months. And if you need to do a payment plan, it's 7,700 over the six months.
0: Okay. And so you work with how many, how many women, you know, in in each container in each.
1: Right now we have like 71, 72 in the program and most are in the high level program. And then I would say about 15 ladies are in the lower level program. The lower level program is 300 a month. And basically the difference is it's more hands-off and self-led. You don't get a new mindset. You don't get access to me. You don't get access to the private community. It's strictly just here are your workouts. Here are your, nu- your nutrition. Here's a check-in with your coach. And that's it. So it's, it's very different in terms of like, you know, to each his own. Not everyone wants the whole shebang. So I I just actually decided to offer that this year. But I would say, I would say most women, as you could see by the numbers, Seventy-two total in the program, probably about fifteen. I don't, I'm guessing off the top of my head in the lower level. So most people do want the high level because they want mindset. I think more and more people are realizing that there's a mental and emotional side to body transformation, which is why drugs like Ozempic and all of these other things are not going to work for people in the long term. Because yeah, you can inject yourself to lose weight, but does that heal your relationship with self? Does that heal heal your relationship with food? No.
0: Hmm. Well, that's why, you know, a lot of people that lose the weight or, you know, even lottery winners, right. It's why they end mm-hmm. up back at the same place because their beliefs and, exactly. the beliefs and their identity hasn't shifted. Right. It's
1: all about the beliefs and the identity. Exactly. And I get so much hate on my Ozempic posts on Instagram. It's kind of hilarious. Like it's, it's hilarious to me how brainwashed people are.
0: Crazy. So it sounds like your business basically only includes two programs, like a high, the high level, high, higher level program, mm-hmm. and then a lower level one. One of the, and I know we talked about this before we started recording, but I, I run into a lot of, of people in general or business owners and, you know, women that have a lot of different offers that they're working on, a lot of different things okay. that they're doing. <laughs> they think they're multi, well, they are, we are all multi-talented, right? Multi-passionate. We're interested we'll in a of things.
1: Meeting. Of course. Yeah.
0: And, and I think that it can be a real challenge for people to, just focus on one thing, which it sounds like you have built a very successful business doing. I'm curious if you can share, you know, if you have you experienced that with clients you've worked with and how how are you able to like what would you say to those people who are like, okay, no, I need I need to be doing five different things or I'm good at five different things.
1: I would say pick what you're best at first and focus on that and grow that to a point where it could basically be almost running without you. Then add in more things, prove to yourself that you can have a successful, sustainable business that can basically run without you being very much involved and then add in other things. Right. So now fit for life can basically run without me. And I add in some business coaching, but trust me, I was there where I was getting really, I felt I was getting burnt out from health coaching. I mean, I've been doing it since I'm 27, I'm 40. So in 2021, I was like, Oh, I'm done with health coaching. Like I went through this space and I was like, I'm sick of talking about nutrition. I'm sick of talking about macros. And what I realized was that I need to approach it a different way. You know what I mean? And I was like, no, I still love it. I Maybe mean, I can switch my content up a little bit and get my coaches more involved in the content as well and realized like what I had been doing was working and I built a really successful business. So there's no point in just like throwing in the towel there and focusing on what was working for me and and get better and better at it. And when I started focusing on that and making my program even better, my energy really shifted. So I, I took a second look at it and said, okay, how can I make Fit for Life even better? How can we elevate it even more? And then I didn't feel I was sick of it. I think people can get kind of burnt out when they're doing the same thing. It's like, how can you enhance what you're doing and make it even better before jumping ship? And you don't need five different offers to have 80K k month. I think people can people well, the, the more I have, no, I, I think that's too confusing. and also can become more work and stressful for you. Mm.
0: Why do you think people... That they need to add more. Why do you think they need to do more things to make great money?
1: I think they may have seen it. Maybe, you know, they maybe see a coach that they like that has 15 different offers and that coach is doing well. Um, I think as humans, we are always, especially Americans, we're always looking for like another like a quick fix, or right? it's like with weight loss. It's like, well, okay, this one's not going that well. So let me switch and go to this. I think we're too quick to jump ship, right? For instance, like I wrote a post about how my fiance and I started couples therapy. And in the post, I said, you know, people give up too quickly. I think it's the same thing with business, with relationships, right? It's like people just, or weight loss, people want to give up so quickly without giving one thing enough attention, time, love, and care to see it through. So many people say, oh, well, I tried this program. It didn't work. And I'm like, how long did you do it? Oh, well, three months. I'm like, so you thought in three months, you're going to change your entire weight entire life. Yeah, that's not how it works, Right. So it's like, mm-hmm. I think just as Americans, especially like it's fast paced, it's quick fix. We're always looking for the the shortcut. And I think that may be a reason why people think they need more offers because I think they, I think they think it's almost like a shortcut. Well, if I add more things in, it'll get me to this quicker, but that's not actually the case.
0: Mm. And what was required? So you, you mentioned you were building fit for life for, for kind of 13 years before you started to, to feel like you were getting bored what was required for you to stay focused on one thing? Cause that's a long time. And I, well, no, I, I, so I, yeah, no,
1: I wasn't, build, I wasn't building fit for life for 13 years. So I was, I was training and nutrition coaching since I was 27, but fit for life has only been my online program for five years. So before that I was doing everything in person, I didn't even know I was going to have fit for life. And then one day I just was feeling really unfulfilled with helping people in person. And I was like, I financially and mentally, I was like, I feel like I need more. You can only see so many people in a day, right? I can only drive to so many clients' houses, realistically, right? What, like five, six people a day unloading my equipment, bringing it in, sitting with them, cooking for them. It's like, it was kind of exhausting me. And also like financially I desired more, right? So I was like, what can I do? And I, of course, like universe responds. I stumble upon this like online coaching ad and I was like, what the heck is an online coach? And at this point, (laughs) Honestly, Kristen, I, I like had no Instagram presence. I had like a hundred Facebook friends. I actually hated posting. I hated being online because I'm very outdoorsy. I like to just be like free. You know what I mean? So I was like, no way. I don't think I could do this. So I had a call with the guy. He's like, well, if you want to get to this point, you want to make this much money, you want to help more people. Like this is the wave of the future. And I was like, ugh, fine. Okay. Take my money signed up. And I struggled. Like, to go from in-person sales, because I've always done sales since I'm 16. I worked at a sneaker store. I sold, so I sold sneakers. Then in college I was a waitress. And when I graduated, I still was a waitress. Then I did sales recruiting and then I did pharmaceutical sales. So I've been in sales my entire life, but everything was in person. So for me to go to phone sales, I struggled and selling myself online and writing content and doing video. I was having a panic attack. I was like, there's no way I could do this. But I stuck with it because I saw the potential I cried a lot. I still sometimes cry. I mean, that's entrepreneurship, not for the faint of heart. I'm in a much better place now, right? But like, you know, the ups and downs, it's not, you know, it's no joke. Like you're putting, you put your entire life out there. If you scroll back to 2018 and watch my first video, you'd be like, whoa, this is the same person. It's kind of crazy. But you know, I I just kept showing up. The same things that I use to lose 40 pounds and keep it off are the same things I've done to have a successful business and keep a successful business. I show up, I show up, I show up. I show up when I don't want to show up. I show up when I don't feel like showing up. I show up when my dad just died and I know I have a business to run and employees to pay. You got to do what you got to do.
0: Mm, yeah, it, that dedication and the commitment. Like, the high level the, of
1: dedication and commitment.
0: The vision, Beautiful. Because I have,
1: I feel I have a, a calling to help other people, you know, so I, I always want to show up.
0: What are, what are a couple of things that, Are definitely were required in your journey to hit seven figures that people wouldn't know or really see because
1: they don't see behind the scenes. Yeah. I think they wouldn't see like the deep sitting alone, introspective mindset work and meditation and the crying and the, like we kind of talked about earlier, like the turning inward and the crying and the writing. Like I like to brain up and then burn those letters, you know, or like the, the back and forth messaging with my coach, like that stuff's never shown, you know, the breakdowns, like that stuff happens. Like in order to get to have a breakthrough, you have to have breakdowns. And that's not something I really post. I might talk about it here and there, but like, I'm not the one to post pictures of me crying. Like, I just don't do that. Like, that's not my thing. I know people do like, look, I had a bad day. Here I am. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I show people all sides of me, but I'm not going to post a picture of me crying or having a breakdown, you know? Mm-hmm. But that has happened. You know, I think pe- people don't see that. Um, and just the, the consistent showing up because people don't know when I'm showing up, when I don't feel like it, because I'm just showing up. I'm not coming on Instagram saying, hey, I don't feel like showing up today, but I'm showing up. <laughs> right? <laughs> like I don't say that. Maybe I should. Maybe I'd be more relatable that way.
0: Yeah. Can you take us back to maybe one of those moments where it felt really challenging and and you had a breakthrough out of it? Describe
1: yeah, let me think. There's a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I would know We've say,
0: all had that, right? Like, I feel like if you haven't spent moments on the bathroom floor crying, you have not yeah. owned, owned a
1: business. <laughs> I, yeah. I would say maybe the point where I mentioned earlier, where I was like, do I want to just burn my fit for life program to the ground and just completely transfer, do everything to business coaching and start from scratch? Or do I really want to make fit for life work because I have a roster full of beautiful clients who are not depending on me, but they love me and they're loyal and this and that. And I had to make that really hard decision because I felt done. I felt done. I felt over it. I was like, I've been talking about nutrition and fitness and health since I'm 27. You know, and at that point I was like 38 and I was like, I'm just like over this. And it just took me really sitting with it and saying, do I really want to throw this away or am I just going through something? And the truth of it is I'm so happy I did it because I was just going through something. I had done ayahuasca, which for those who don't know, is a plant medicine think I was having a lot of ego death and pieces of me just kind of falling away th- thinking that I need I should have been here I should have been farther along and it's just all, all these like stories in my head right and I was like no I, I'm where I'm meant to be and things can get hard and it's okay this is like this is a point for you to lean in and make it better and it was a lot it was a lot of crying and I even remember saying to my coaches like I'm stepping back you guys handle fit for life you should have seen their faces and my manager, and they were kind of like, and that wasn't right of me to do, you know, And I, I had talks with them and I apologize, like, I should have never put you guys in that position. It's not up to you to run this company. It's up to me. But yeah, I basically was just like, you guys handle fit for life. I'm just doing business now. And I just started like posting about business, but guess what? It wasn't landing because I was out of alignment.
0: So powerful. So getting back into alignment and really like really doing the inner work to, yeah, to create I, I don't sit life. with
1: myself. Yeah, I had to sit with myself a lot, a lot of quiet sitting with myself and a lot of crying, like mm. so much crying. I was like, what's happening to me? <laughs> Why am I crying so much? Yeah.
0: Sometimes there's just periods of time where it's like that, right? Yeah, it's
1: true. Yeah, it's true.
0: It, it also sounds like, you know, I mentioned in your bio, places you've been featured, that PR has been a part of your journey. How do you go about getting those PR opportunities and that, that exposure to, you know, potential audiences and and being featured in that way?
1: So with like my fitness pal, I think it's hard to remember all those. Let's see. So my aunt is an interior, or she was an editor, like an interior design magazine in Boston. And she, she has like, she'll get like things for articles. So she'll like to write in, to, to be featured. So she'll sometimes send them to me because some of them are, they want people like to talk about fitness, nutrition, or weight loss. So she'll be like, here, you can write an article for this. And I happened to get picked. And then I got picked for another thing that then led me to entrepreneur. Um, so then I think when I emailed, like I found a contact for my fitness pal and I said, Hey, I was an entrepreneur. Then one thing kind of leads to to the next. So I just kind of put myself out there. i like w- with the writing articles. I haven't done it in a little while though.
0: Mm, so fun.
1: It was like one thing led to the next kind of led to the next. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. And I really like you sharing around that too, because it's like people sometimes look at certain industries or their, their own industry. And they're like, well, it's, you know, it's a very crowded space. Like there's so much competition and it's like, your like fitness. Like, I can imagine very few industries that are more crowded than oh God, literally, the, fitness right? space.
1: <laughs> the most crowded industry ever. What I would say to those people are, there is someone out there for everyone. Right. I'm not the coach for everyone. We're not the coach. we're not the program for everyone. There's enough people in this world that if you genuinely are interested in doing health coaching, fitness coaching, business coaching, whatever it is, don't ever knock yourself out because you feel like the space is quote unquote too crowded. Why do you think restaurants open up next to another restaurant? Ooh. They don't go the down. They're all lined up together. I the love energy off yeah. each other, right? It I lets see- people choose. Oh, yeah. okay, well, this health coaching program looks good, but actually I'm more, I'm more connected to this
0: one. Right. Yeah. Fully. I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know if it was coffee shops, but like, yeah, people will go to a specific area and it's like, exactly. it's, it's the, it actually attracts more business when there's multiple exactly. shops in the same area, which is kind of crazy. Right. We think that there is only, you know, one opportunity or like, you know, space, certain spaces are crowded, but you're, you know, your examples around being featured in those places and even the business that you built—it's like there's so many opportunities for everyone yeah. and your your specific, you know, your unique voice, your unique message, your unique
1: your program. Unique exactly. I mean, I have a new client that I'm business coaching, and she said to me, "I really want to get into nutrition coaching." And I was like, "All right, well, let's let's talk about your your niche. Which way are you going to go?" And we talked about, it. and she actually had her daughter had cancer. Her daughter's fine; she survived, but she's like, "I want to help other cancer patients with nutrition." And I was like, "Oh my effing gosh!" this is the best route to go because this is, people need you. I'm like, you need to share your story. And I, got, I think I'm more excited than her. I cannot wait to get her online business up and running. And right, mm. I could have, like the old me could have been like, oh my God, is she going to be in competition with me because she's nutrition coaching? Not at all. I'm like, you know, you could intern with me and then we'll get you up and running because there are clients out there for everybody.
0: Mm, so powerful. And, you know, even that in that example, right? Like how many many people who have cancer that are going to really resonate and relate to her message that like oh, gosh, need to right? hear her.
1: Right. I'm so excited for her because I think it's, a, it's an underutilized area that people do need help with. And I know people that have had cancer they spent hours and hours researching the nutrition themselves. What about if you had an expert to help you with the dietary and lifestyle changes?
0: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Angelica. It's been so beautiful to have you here. Is there anything else you want to share with the listeners before we? that.
1: No, this was a great conversation. I was actually taking notes myself because we (laughs) talked about so many good things. I would just say like, motivate your mind, your body will follow. And remember that like, everything starts within you, you know, it's always you versus you. So I know in this day and age, it's easy to scroll on social media and look at me or look at other people, look at my body, look at their business, but it's like, it's always you versus you.
0: Mm, So good. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And you guys will have to check out Angelica. We will drop all of her links in the show notes. She has some beautiful shots of Maui on her Instagram, but also some really powerful transformation available through her programs and the work that she does. So thank you so much, Angelica. Thank you. And thank you to everyone tuning in. It was so good to have you here. And remember you were born for wealth. If you've been digging the pod and you want to take this work deeper, I've got a freebie. You're going to love a hundred money blocks and how to ditch them. I went through all my coaching calls and client worksheets and found the most common money blocks people experience. I broke down how they all fall into six core patterns and how they're appearing in your life right now. And then the four simple steps to unblock them. If that sounds fun for you, just jump into the show notes. You'll find a wee little link there and you can scoop it for yourself right now.